Hello, this is Noel Limonazian Speaks by Maybank. Malaysia's second quarter GDP growth fell below consensus. Singapore's non-oil domestic exports fell at a steeper pace in July, while Indonesia exports remained soft. Will it get better or worse? Winston Poon, our head of fixed income research, discusses with our analysts. Hi, good morning everyone. It's 8 o'clock on Monday. A quick recap for last week. It was a sea of red for global stocks. The S&P 500, Nasdaq, and the Euro stocks 50 indices are all down by about 2 to 3%, despite the still resilient U.S. economic data in retail sales, industrial production, housing starts, and uh, initial jobless claims. Walmart reported better earnings and raised its full-year guidance, but the stock fell 2%. The CBOE put-call ratio increased to the highest level since April, signaling increased market caution on downside risk. In Asia, the Hang Seng Index-led decline was down by 6% due to more weak data coming out of China and growing concerns about shadow banking in trust funds that are linked to the property sector. Now, coming to ASEAN, stock indices were lower across the board. The Treasury yields increased and the dollar extended strength. EM Asia FX were broadly lower led by the ringgit, which quickened back to six, about 4.65 versus the dollar. However, regional bond yield traded mix, uh, given the surprise PBOC easing. The 10-year China government bond yield declined 9 bips to below uh, 2.60. The PBOC cut rate by 10 to 15 bips last week and provided large liquidity injections, suggesting the urgency and intensity needed to prop up the economy. According to a Bloomberg News, more China state-owned developers warned of major losses and country garden stock price was down by more than 20% last week, uh, more than half already uh, this month. Uh, later, we have Erika to comment on China macro. And in Japan, um, the country will raise the minimum hourly wage uh, to the level higher than as what was proposed by the government panel in response to inflation. According to... Um, the announcement by the Labour Ministry last Friday. Uh, this week, the key data to watch for include uh, we have in, uh, in ASEAN, Thailand, GDP, Malaysia and Singapore CPI. For central bank meetings, uh, we have Bank Indonesia and Bank of Korea. Both are expected to hold uh, unchanged according to consensus. And for China, um, there will be a loan prime rate or LPR decisions, which are also widely expected to be fixed lower following the cut last week. Uh, this morning, we have uh, Suhaimi, Habin, Brian, Zamros, and Erika to comment on economic update. Uh, Andy on FX, Manyi on uh, Malaysia, corporate bond, and Suta Tip on Thailand uh, retail uh, sector. Uh, let's start with Suhaimi. Uh, Malaysia second quarter GDP growth fell to 2.9% uh, year on year, uh, below consensus, but close to your 3% forecast. Uh, what drove the slowdown and do you expect additional headwinds in the second half? Yeah, second quarter 2023, real GDP growth slowed to 2.9% compared with first quarter growth of 5.6% uh, in line with our 3% estimate and consensus was um, higher at 3.3%. Obviously, base effect play a role in the arithmetic of the year-on-year -year change in GDP numbers. 
to recap uh, in second quarter 2022, economic growth jumped to 8.8% compared with 4.8% year-on-year in first quarter of 2022. Uh, this is as the economy was fully reopened, effective 1st April last year. Um, last quarter's GDP growth really reflected slower and lower sectoral outputs. We have deceleration in services and construction sector GDP. We have a basically stagnant manufacturing sector. And we also have declines in mining and agriculture. Uh, on the demand side of the economy, um, net external demand reversed into decline last quarter uh, on further and larger drops in export and imports of goods and services. But domestic demand growth was essentially steady. Uh, second quarter, it grew 4.5% year on year. Little change from first quarter 2023's growth of 4.6%. Um, but this is on the back of a mixed back of um, you know, slower private consumption growth, which is to 4.3% second quarter from first quarter 5.9%. But we have faster growth in investment, which picked up to 5.5% in second quarter from 4.9% in first quarter on faster growth in both private and public investment, as well as rebound in public consumption to 3.8% growth last quarter compared with 2.2% decline in the first quarter of 2023. Um, factoring first half growth of 4.2% plus another round of high base effect in third quarter GDP because uh, in third quarter last year, we have economic growth accelerated further to 14.4% compared with 8.8% in second quarter last year, as well as the impact of uh, slower global economic growth on external trade. We revert back our 2023 full year real GDP growth forecast to our original numbers of 4% from 4.5% that was raised in May after the release of first quarter 2023 GDP, because back then everybody was euphoric about China reopening, but that has obviously turn sour now and signaling the prospect of continued uh, subdued year-on-year growth this quarter. Uh, we have already July numbers uh, showing declines in manufacturing PMI, uh, signaling continued lackluster manufacturing output, as well as uh, further weakness in external trade statistics uh, in terms of decline in exports and imports in July. But then... Um, Positively, I suppose, uh, agriculture GDP, which has been volatile due to weather factor, uh, it actually uh, rebounded on the basis of the recovery and CPO output in July. But I uh, want to stress that um, limiting the downside to uh, second half and thus full year GDP growth includes the ongoing tourism recovery, as well as the uh, positive investment growth momentum given that the surge in approved private sector investment since 2021 is translating into rising actual or realized uh, private investment, plus progress in the ongoing uh, major infrastructure uh, projects. We also expect larger government deficit spending in the second half of this year, because in the first half of this year, uh, deficit spending by the government dropped to under 40 billion compared with 45 billion in the first half of last year. Bear in mind, um, government's budget 
deficit or deficit spending this year is about 94 billion. So that's 54 billion ringgit uh, coming in the second half of this year in terms of uh, deficit spending. So, I mean, how about the OPR given lower growth forecast? Any change to OPR forecast? Um, no, we are maintaining uh, our view. OPR will stay at this 3% level uh, for the rest of uh, the year. I think the GDP numbers is in a way uh, in line with Bank Negara assessment of um, impact of global headwinds on our external demand. But as mentioned earlier, uh, domestic demand is resilient to support uh, growth. So we take the view that uh, Bank Negara would maintain uh, OPR at uh, current 3% level in the next two remaining MPC meetings this year in September and November. Thanks, Jaime. We'll move to Habin on Singapore exports. A larger Nordex contraction in July. And Habin, you mentioned in the report that this is already the 10 straight month of decline. Still no light at the end of the tunnel yet. Hey, hi, morning, Vincent. Yeah, so now, now domestic exports um, worsened basically in July. Uh, was an expected plunge by 20 over percent. Um, and I think, um, you know, was also a negative was the electronic exports you know reverted to a 12 month of decline minus 26 percent led by fall in integrated circuits pcs and just media products i think the second point is that when you look at the the exports to various countries uh, i think it reflected the the hotter us economy and the cooler china economy essentially um, surprisingly exports fell to almost all markets in july except the us it was actually up 34 percent um, so I think that reflects the stronger U.S. economy will possibly be picking up in the third quarter as well. And at the same time, the exports to China worsen. I think reflects you know, the views that the, that the concerns uh, you know, have shifted now to over a deflationary shock you know, from hopes of a reopening boost. So exports to China was actually down 20%. Um, yeah, I think the third point is, um, you know, even though the Nordics are quite weak, um, the, some of the July wholesale um, trade services and transport services growth is actually still in a positive. So I think that was reflected in the 2Q data that some of Singapore's services trade-related uh, was holding up. For example, container throughput was still expanding 4.4% in July. Uh, that's the positive. And sea cargo was still up 0.2%. Um, so yeah, I think it's still a story about the manufacturing remaining pretty weak, but the services growth uh, holding up and supporting growth. Will this affect your GDP forecast for 2023? Uh, we've already affecting a fairly uh, weak recovery in exports. And I've highlighted the manufacturing recovery is fragile and uncertain. And of course, I think that China's uh, you know, rapidly losing um, steam um, is also probably uh, uh, in line with that. So we are maintaining our growth forecast at 0.8%, which is, I think, at the lower range of the government, 0.5 to one5 Okay, thanks, Habin. We'll move to Brian on a similar topic, exports for Indonesia, which doesn't seem to be looking good as well, and the trade surplus narrow. Uh, what are the key drivers uh, for this uh, sluggish performance, Brian? Hey, morning, Winston. Um, yeah, so um, exports indeed fell 18% from a year ago in July. 
that's not much better than the 21% plunge in June. So the key drivers were your falling global prices of top commodities uh, that Indonesia exports like coal and palm oil. Um, just to give the breakdown, coal exports plunged uh, 43% from a year ago and palm oil exports fell 24% in nominal terms. Uh, nonetheless, uh, note that uh, overall export volumes have been a lot more resilient. So um, actually export volumes uh, on the whole fell just 0.1% from a year ago. So it's really your prices that are uh, fueling the, um, the plunge in export values. Uh, the contraction in imports was less protracted at uh, 8% in value terms, uh, boasted by a 27% rebound in consumer goods from a year ago and a nearly 20% rebound in capital goods imports. Uh, the better performance of imports compared to exports was a key reason why the trade surplus narrowed significantly to about 1.3 billion US dollars, uh, which stands at around a third of the, the previous month. This week, Bank Indonesia is having its policy meeting. Uh, what is your expectation? And also the second quarter current account data will be released this week as well. Uh, any thought on this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this week, we expect the BI to keep its policy rate unchanged, um, given that the focus is uh, still on rupiah stability. So um, between the uh, last BI meeting and um and 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 so far, I mean and yesterday, uh the B, the IDR has lost about one point seven percent against the US dollars, as the resilient US data contributed to a strong dollar and probably also influenced by the um weakness in the China economy, um so as for the current account, BI had previously said that it expects the current account to remain positive in the second quarter. We think that if there indeed turns out to be a surplus, it is likely to be the smallest surplus since the first quarter of 2022, likely to be just in the range of uh, low few hundred um, millions. Uh, and uh, there remains some possibility of uh, a small current account deficit in the uh, second quarter on the back of a shrinking goods trade surplus due to the commodity price slump. Trade data showed that the goods surplus shrunk by about $4 billion US dollars from the previous quarter, which is actually larger than the $3 billion uh, current account surplus seen in the first quarter. Uh, that said, some respite could come from uh, further recovery in the services uh, balance on the back of uh, improving tourism flows and help to cushion the decline in the current account. Um, yeah, back to you, Vincent. Thanks, Brian. We'll move to Zamros on Philippines. The central bank BSP kept rate unchanged last week, which is within consensus and also your expectation. Uh, what are the key takeaways from the decision or uh, policy statement? Uh, do you think likely on hold for the rest of the year? Uh, hi, morning, Vincent. Uh, morning, everyone. Yeah, BSP uh, last week uh, kept the... Uh, Policy rate unchanged at six point two five percent, which is the third consecutive pause for for this year. Uh, firstly, on inflation, uh, while uh, BSP continue uh, to see the uh, gradual return of the headline inflation to target range of between two to four percent by the fourth quarter of this year, uh, it adjusted uh, upwards slightly the uh, average inflation forecast for this year uh, to five point six percent from four point four percent. 
and for next year to a 3.3% from 2.9%, mainly on the uh, higher than expected uh, global cool oil prices. Uh, overall, the uh, BSP still sees the uh, balance of risk to the uh, inflation forecast to lean towards the upside. Uh, mainly first on the uh, higher than expected, could be higher than expected transport charges with the higher global crude oil prices. Uh, the possibly higher minimum wage adjustments, uh, the continued supply constraints in the key food items uh, domestically, and also the onset of uh, El Nino, uh, which uh, BSP think uh, will affect the food prices and also the power rates. So secondly, on the uh, economy, uh, BSP continue to see uh, sort of a challenging outlook uh, for the economy uh, with the weaker than expected growth uh, in the second quarter of this year, mainly on the uh, slowdown in domestic demand from the high inflation and high interest rate environment. And uh, BSP continue to call for the government agencies to ramp up uh, government spending uh, in the second half of this year and continue to call for the uh, non-monetary measures by the government uh, to address the lingering supply side uh, uh, issues, uh, pressures in the domestic prices. So overall, uh, with the uh, lower than expected growth in the second quarter of this year and the global return of uh, headline inflation to uh, BSP's target range, uh, we think we continue to see uh, BSP to keep the policy rate unchanged uh, for the rest of uh, this year, uh, Winston. Thanks, Mr. Damros. Uh, we'll move to Erika on China. A more weak macro data coming out of China. Uh, the weakness kind of broad based. Uh, activity data on industrial production, retail sales, and investments, and they came in lower and also lower than expectations. Do you think it will get worse before getting better? Morning, Winston. Um, indeed, the July data signaled that the reopening boost to China's GDP after lockdown has well and truly petered out. Uh, so for one, industrial output, which is closely linked to China's GDP growth, grew just 3.7% in July. Um, and while services output fared a bit better at 5.7% growth, uh, it was uh, disproportionately pulled along by just one segment, which was hotels and restaurants. What was concerning for us was that uh, in the July data release, retail sales and fixed asset investment have not yet found a bottom. So these are still deteriorating on a month-on-month -month basis and could get worse. We're keeping a close eye on a private fixed investment, which has come in very weak for the third consecutive month. And um, because private sector investment is a major source of new job creation, um, and there's a possibility that the August data could come in worse than July's uh, if confidence does not return. How about PBOC easing? Last week, there was a surprise rate cut. Not that rate cut itself is a surprise, um, but the timing was indeed um, earlier than many expected because it came just two months from the last cut in June. Do you expect more PBOC easing? And if not, what can they do? 
I think the market is looking at the PBOC to cut the loan prime rate by uh, 15 bips. Uh, we are certainly not ruling that out, um, but this rate cut will come at a great cost. So it will result in either yuan depreciation or uh, a rundown of foreign reserves uh, to defend the yuan. And even at that great cost, um, it is not certain if this will be enough to restore market sentiment or restore business confidence. I suspect that more forceful measures uh, have to come from public spending. So the government will have to allow the budget deficit to come in significantly above uh, the targeted 3% for fiscal policy to be truly counter-cyclical. And um, uh, if, if we don't see these measures, our China's GDP is likely to come in below 4% in the third quarter. Okay, thanks, Arika. We'll move to Andy on FX. Um, a related topic on China, the renminbi has been weakening versus the dollar, falling near to the lowest level since um, 2007. Uh, slightly below uh, 7.30. But despite the market pressure, the PBOC continued to fix the dollar CMY much stronger than the spot. Uh, what is your take on this? How do you read uh, this signal? Hi, Vincent, morning. So the uh, CNY, dollar CNY spot now is about 7.28 towards 7.29. Um, so our view is uh, PBOC continued to set a strong CNY fixing last Friday. At about 7.20.06 uh, versus the median estimate about 7.33. Uh, essentially, the deviation has widened to a record uh, deviation of 1,041 pips. I think the most seen, uh, since last October. Uh, the, the strong fix against the dollar is actually a signal that the PBUC wants uh, to, to give uh, keep on keeping the yuan from weakening too much. I think what Erica mentioned just now from a fundamentals perspective continues to be uh, soften the yuan. Um, the yuan is under pressure not just because of concerns on its uh, shadow banking sector, the youth employment issues, uh, as well as the property malaise, but also because of rising uh, US Treasury yields, which is not helping. Uh, the authorities are also said to have asked uh, state banks to ramp up their support for the yuan uh, by selling the dollars. So we, we yet to see any major significant improvements on that front. We, we probably want to see how it pans out this week. Uh, there were also talks of cutting the forex reserve requirements uh, further uh, and that the authorities are looking into domestic companies uh, for any speculative activities against the currency. So there has been concerted efforts uh, on the front, uh, on, the, on, the, on the government side. So uh, the other thing is, coincidentally, this comes at a time where Japan and South Korea are also similarly looking at defending their currencies. Um, just want to say that the 730 level for the yen is no longer a cap for onshore dollar CNY. The dollar CNY central parity, which was, uh, like I mentioned, fixed at 720, is based on a plus uh, minus 2% trading band uh, that the dollar CNY is allowed to trade in. And I mentioned just now that spot is now closer towards uh, 728. It is allowed to trade up to about 732 to 735 now. Uh, but for a while, I think it, it will probably continue to be uh, towards the upward side of things. Overall, before I end, I think on this question, Taken together, I think weak economic data for July, uh, increasing strains in the property sector has started to affect the shadow banking sector. And all that you take into cons consideration, the consumption recovery that the authorities hope will not happen so soon. 
Our view is I think the recovering the yen requires some signs of economic stabilization. Uh, this will require the credit support and for the property sector to be a bit more uh, significant. And I think the provincial debt swap and the pledge to boost credit to private companies and all that are not seen as sufficient to lift private investment and consumption. So in the meantime, we think that um, the current macro environment compels to some extent some revisions to the dollar CNY. Our current forecast as of now is 7.15 for third quarter and 7.10. Uh, we will be probably revising our dollar CNY uh, forecast uh, towards the end of this month in our monthly so essentially moving upwards to reflect some of the latest developments on that front as well, uh, Vincent. Still on FX, but a different currency, pound sterling, as opposed to the renminbi, pound has been an outperformer this year, topping the G10 FX and up more than 5% uh, versus the dollar, despite some pullback recently. I think of interest to many uh, in the region and probably in this call, uh, pound ringgit near 6 and pound, uh, sing dollar above 170. Uh, do you expect more strength in pound sterling? Yeah, our view essentially, so far we're maintaining our forecast for sterling dollar uh, for the four quarters ahead. Essentially calling for pound sterling to be about 127 and end the year closer towards 124 against the dollar. Uh, sterling ringgit, uh, our view is essentially continue to expect that I think the sterling uh, the uh, sterling ringgit to actually continue to fall off as well uh, towards uh, 560 by end of the year from the current 5859 towards uh, closer to six levels but but given the prevailing sense that the rate cuts could be some way off in fact uh, consensus is expecting another two more um, sort of uh, cuts um, we think that the sterling will retain support in the near term um, gradually fall off further in the future uh, given the uh, medium-term challenges facing the UK. Uh, UK's medium-term prospects still look grim uh, given the existence of price pressures, uh, labour market shortages and, and uh, sort of ailing economy. Uh, all these all structural problems inherited from Brexit uh, as well does not help. Uh, in addition, we think it is unlikely that BOE deviates from the Fed for an extended period. Uh, Governor Bailey has uh, supported this view with his comment that the BOE were in a similar place to ECB and Fed. So we still believe that the cable is fundamentally overvalued actually at levels uh, below above 124. So based on this, we see opportunity to fade uh, rallies in the cable, although although I think this could take a longer to play out, given that the BOE hikes uh, that's upcoming uh, will be supportive to some extent. So essentially, uh, our view for sterling uh, remains unchanged. Forecast 127 for this third quarter and third quarter remains. Uh, we see better support for sterling in the near term because of the expe still expected rate hikes. Um, but we still see it weakening as other longer-term factors weigh in on the fact uh, on the sterling uh, going into end of the year and into 2024 because of some of the structural issues that I mentioned. But um, on a fair value perspective, sterling uh, dollar should be closer towards 123, 124 in our view. Um, uh, and anything above that uh, would be a bit temporary going into 2024 uh, uh, in the medium term. Thanks, Andy. We'll move to Manyi on Malaysia corporate bonds. How was the performance this year, um, such as the issuance rating trend and credit spread? Hi, morning. Um, for this year, gross PDS issuance totaled $67.3 in the first seven months, slightly faster than the $61.5 in the corresponding period last year. 
the take-up rates have generally been healthy and bond pricing managed to squeeze lower for some issuers. On rating trend, after a positive start in the first quarter, rating activities was balanced in the second quarter, but shifted to slightly negative in July and August, with two downgrades, one outlook decrease, and no positive rating actions. Despite this shift in rating trend, our credit spreads have outperformed our expectation with additional compression of about 10 to 30 basis points over the past three months from already tight levels. Uh, we think this could be partly due to some sell-offs in NGS, while corporate bonds held up better from domestic absolute yield seekers. What is your expectation uh, going forward? More issuances, additional tightening in spread? Is it possible? Uh, we expect PDS issuance to remain healthy in the second half uh, as funding conditions remain conducive given ample domestic liquidity and slower but still steady domestic economic growth supports stable onshore credit conditions. I think at the current rate, full-year issuances look likely to reach our $110 billion forecast uh, and may exceed our forecast if a seasonal late surge repeats in the fourth quarter. Net supply to rise moderately in the second half on slightly lower bond maturities compared to the first half of the year. Uh, we also expect a moderate widening of credit spreads over the next three to four months, driven by one NGS outperformance and two indirect impact from growing external macro headwinds, possibly such as the Chinese slowdown. Uh, but we do know that PDS tends to trade more on local dynamics. Okay. Thanks, Manyi. We'll move to Sutatip on Thailand retail. You are positive on the sector and expect a stimulus. When do you think this will come and what could be the impact? Good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, I, I expect that the earliest stimulus package might take place during the fourth quarter of this year or first quarter of next year after the formation of the new government. Uh, this is because now the spending momentum in the third quarter of this year uh, was uh, quite weak due to the seasonal impact and also the high base of last year and also the weak uh, uh, spending in the uh, northeast of Thailand. Uh, the, the quarter to date, same store sale growth of the consumer staples have declined uh, why the, the uh, same store sale growth for home improvement players remain negative. Uh, I, I also believe that the stimulus measure may uh, focus on both low income and medium to high income earners. And uh, the measure would uh, help boost, boosting overall consumption. And finally, uh, be the positive impact both traditional trade and modern trade uh, due to rising purchasing power. Uh, I also expect to see uh, the major uh, maybe improve the tax reduction, uh, which also benefit directly to the last modern trade. Also, the, another policy uh, related to the minimum wage high that would uh, help boosting the consumption, like what we have seen in the last 10 years that uh, uh, the government uh, uh, launched the minimum wage high nationwide. So uh, the same store sale growth of the modern trade uh, 
some uh, significantly during that time. And our top pick uh, in the retail sector remains CPO, which uh, we believe that, uh, that, that it will benefit from uh, uh, higher purchasing power, more traffic, and also uh, the fact that uh, 7-Eleven has uh, lower uh, ticket size compared with the big box retailer, so CPO uh, will be uh, uh, more sensitive to the turnaround in the purchasing power. All right. Thanks, Sultatit, and thanks, everyone, for joining the call. Have a good week. To access our research reports, contact a trading rep at Maybank or read the reports on our trading platform. I'm Noel Limonazian Speaks by Maybank.